Okay, Graham. Thank you for coming up and um, talking to us today. And Pleasure. So, Graham, um, can you tell a little, us a little bit about you? Um, are you married? Do you have children? Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife, Megan's just sitting down there, uh, giving me moral support as I stand up here. Uh, I've got three kids and they're out all around somewhere. I've got a um, ten-year-old girl, almost eight-year-old girl, almost five-year-old boy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, did I see correctly um, that you're going to be talking about miracles, mediums and monsters. I mean, that sounds all a little bit hocus-pocus to me in sci-fi. Is that even real? Uh, well, um, that's exactly what I'm going to be digging into. So um, hopefully you've got lots of questions in this department and uh, we'll have a bit of a think about it. I love those sort of movies. Someone else get into um, a monster-type movie, vampire, werewolf, all that sort of stuff? Or is it only me? Okay, well, me, yeah. Zombies. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, um, if you haven't had nightmares before, you will after this talk by the sound of things, but I might hand it over to Graham and we'll see what he has to say. All right, thanks. Um, last night I was uh, getting into the vibe of the whole thing and um, so my wife was going out walking and I thought I'd hire a uh, DVD and so I hired um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Has anyone seen that? <laughs> The, the title says it all, doesn't it? They just pick two things that you think they'd never go together, would they? Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and that'll make a terrific movie. Who'd have known that the president, before he was the president, was a vampire hunter? Um, I don't know if you've seen the new movie, uh, the new series um, Grimm that's been on TV for the last few months. Uh, the whole idea behind the series is... Um, there's this guy, he's a cop, he's a normal bloke, he's about 30 years of age, and he finds out that he's actually more than a normal bloke, he's actually a grim. He's uh, one of a line of people who can actually see the supernatural realm and see behind uh, just the material and see when people are actually not really people but are actually monsters instead. So he, he'll be looking at someone and they'll, they'll go... and their face will become like a werewolf or a spider-type creature or a vampire or a... And so lots of his work is he's trying to arrest people at the same time he's trying to shut down these evil creature type things. Now, is that the way it is? Is there a supernatural world beyond the world that uh, we can see? Or is there only the material realm? Uh, are there such things as monsters, uh, demons, ghosts, uh, necromancy, so being able to bring back the dead or speak to the dead? Uh, are there magic arts? Are there miracles? Are these things irrational? Or are they actually real? Um, my uh, dad always used to tell a story of when he was a kid, how he and a mate were walking along an, uh, an English country road all alone and it was misty. And uh, out in the field, there was a bloke in a soldier's uniform standing there and you couldn't see his legs. I'm not sure whether that was because of the mist or just he was floating. I'm not sure what was going on. And they thought he was a ghost. And so my dad picked up a, um, a stick and went over to poke him and just at the moment he was going to poke him his mate goes ah and runs off and so he drops the stick and runs off and he never knew whether it was a whether it was a ghost but he always thought it was and he always told the story finishing by going ah, and we'd be we'd be terrified now <laughs> we we've all um most of us would either ourselves or know someone who's had some sort of weird experience, something that's difficult to explain, something that we might term uh, supernatural. And it gets you thinking, 
is it real or is it just something those people or we have made up in our minds? Um, when I, my mum tells a story that when I was a kid, I was um, two, coming up to three, I went to my first party on my own. And I really didn't want to be there. And so me and a mate broke out. Uh, he was a little boy who couldn't actually speak English. He could speak French, but somehow we could communicate perfectly. We've got to get out of here. And so we, we busted through the um, screen door and went up the road. And at the top of this road was a, was a main road, um, six lanes. So three one way, three the other, uh, 70 k's an hour. I'm two and a half, you know, three years of age. My mum's at home and she hears this voice. The children are in trouble. And she runs outside and she jumps in the car and she screams up the, up the road and there we are about to step out onto this main road and she runs and she grabs us and she saves us. Now what's going on there? What's going on there? Is it just a mother's intuition, a connectedness to her kids that she just knows? Was it God or an angel or someone who's died or someone communicating to my mother and telling her, you need to do something in this situation. Um, it gets you thinking, doesn't it? Are, th are these things real or are they irrational? And we've probably all got stories. Um, magic. I don't know if you've seen that dynamo guy on TV. He is freaky. Now, I don't, I don't think he claims that what he does is... I don't know, real magic. I think he claims it's, it's tricks. But, man, his tricks are pretty impressive. Have you seen him do the one where he walks on the water in... Um, I think it's on the Thames. Um, and he, he, can, he did this one where this lady had a tattoo and it um, had a guy with, with a face and one of his eyes was closed for some reason. She really hated the fact that this guy's eye was closed. And so he comes over and he goes, shh, and the tattoo changes and its eye was open. Now, you watch things on TV and it's to believe anything on TV, isn't it? So, who, who knows what's going on. But you should have seen the reactions that people get when he pulls off this sort of stuff. And so in the magic realm, I guess you're thinking, are these just tricks? Are they very good tricksters? Can they just mess with our minds? Is there some sort of real power behind some of the things that go on in the magic world? Uh, white witchcraft. Is there anything real there? Uh, have you ever seen um, people who pass swords through parts of their body, through their, you know, their cheeks or through their tongues without bleeding and seemingly without pain? What's going on there? Or monsters. Monsters are big in TV at the moment. Vampires are really big. Uh, you might have seen the Blade series, the Underworld series, the Twilight saga. In fact, now vampires want to kiss you and, and go out with you as well. Um, werewolves, uh, ogres, angels, uh, demons, mummies, ghouls, goblins, banshees, zombies. Anyone into zombies? No. Tim watches zombie movies, I know that. Uh, fairies, ghosts, hounds of hell, witches, warlocks, shapeshifters, wraiths, yowies, sasquatches, poltergeists, and you could just keep going on and on and on and on. Um, every culture has scary beings or scary creatures. Or mediums. Uh, I think it was probably a couple of years ago now they had that um, series, The One, uh, where they're trying to find out who was the best at being able to contact people who had died who knew specific things about people in the audience and could tell those specific things. Uh, now, is, is that real? What's going on there? If you watch The Mentalist, well, Patrick Jane would say, nah, it's just, just a bunch of mind tricks. But if you watch Medium, which freaks me out a little bit, Medium, then you'd actually see she sees dead people and she communicates with dead people to know what's going on. What's real? Now... This is going on right throughout all of history. And what I want to ask you today is, what do you believe? 
What do you think about all these things? Is this stuff real? Which bits are real, if any, is real? Which bits aren't real, if any? Uh, what do you believe about magic? And really think about it right now. What do you believe about magic? What do you believe about miracles? What do you believe about mediums? What do you believe about monsters, ghosts, creatures, angels? But here's now the most important question that I, I want to bring to you this morning, and I will leave it with you at the end as well, because I really want you to think about this. Um, the biggest question I reckon for all of us is, why do you believe what you believe about these things? So we're all going to have um, different beliefs in this area, sometimes very, very vastly different beliefs. How do you know what you believe is actually true? Why is it you believe the things that you believe? What's the basis for your belief? And that's a question not just for the supernatural realm, but for all the big questions in life, isn't it? Now, questions like, what happens after this life, which we're going to be doing um, uh, over the coming weeks in church? Uh, questions like, is there a God and what's it like? Uh, what is it to be human? What's the meaning of life? Big, big life questions. Okay, there we go. Good on you guys. Now, you not, might not share my belief in the fact that Jesus is someone who should be listened to because he rose from the dead, and that's okay. Uh, and I encourage you to um, maybe look into it a little bit further and think about it. And it's, keep thinking, who is it that you have listened to to form the beliefs that you have about life and about this world and about the supernatural? Now, what I want to do now is share some of what Jesus says about the supernatural realm uh, because that's what I believe. And I'm going to share four things, four big things that he says about the supernatural realm. And the first big thing is this. He tells us only what we need to know and not everything that we want to know. So there's a whole bunch of stuff about the spiritual realm that I'd love to know, all the details and how it works. But Jesus doesn't tell us all that, but he does tell us what he thinks we need to know. See, the Bible is a book that has one big story. It's written over a period of thousand years, many different authors, 66 different books, multiple continents, and yet there's one big story that flows right the way through. Uh, it has a central message, and the central message, uh, if things relate to that central message, they're talked about in the Bible, but if they don't relate to that central message, they're not talked about in the Bible. So wherever supernatural things relate to the big central thoughts of the Bible, uh, Jesus will tell us about them. But wherever supernatural things don't relate to it, we won't hear. And so we won't know all we want to know about the supernatural realm. So that makes us realise that in life there will be some mysteries in this area. We won't know everything. Second big thing that Jesus does is he, he tries to paint a new worldview for many of us. A, a picture of the world where there is a God who is in absolute control of all things. Now that might not be how you see the world, but that's the picture of the Bible. That there is a God who's created everything... He's ordered it, and he's sustaining it. He hasn't just stepped away, but he's actually involved in the world day by day, causing your lungs to rise and fall, the breath to come in and out, the plants to grow and the rain to come, and everything that is going on, God is involved in sustaining this world. Now, if that's actually the case, that God is in control of all things and determining all things and causing all things to be sustained and function as they are, 
that it makes... Uh, it's no wonder, it's not a wonder to people who believe that, that um, God can do miracles. If all the time he's con- made everything, he's controlling everything, then for him to do something out of the ordinary is not so amazing. It's just God choosing to act in a way that he normally doesn't. The very fact that we have laws of nature is testimony to the fact that God does things in an orderly way most of the time. But for God to step outside the what we call laws of nature or do things out of the ordinary is not surprising if there is an all-powerful God who is in control of all things. Now, what Jesus would say is, God's not doing miracles everywhere all the time. Even right throughout the Bible, he's not doing miracles everywhere all the time. Now, the miracles of the Bible are designed to highlight certain events and certain people and a certain person in particular. If you actually read the Bible, what you find is the big miracles of the Bible pretty much all take place around Jesus. There's others, but they mainly focus on Jesus. Because what God is doing by doing things out of the ordinary is he's saying to humans, hey guys, look, look right here. I'm doing something so amazing, so significant. It's never happened at any other time in history and it will never happen again. Look at this man. This is the man who I want you to pay attention to. This is actually God come to earth in order to save and bring people back into relationship with me. And so... Bible's picture is there are miracles in this world, uh, especially clustering around Jesus in the Bible. There can be miracles today. God does do miracles today. And so we can pray to him to do those things. But we don't have a promise that he will always do those things for us. And so we can't expect them. Uh, We can just trust him to be a good God and answer our prayers as he thinks he's best, like a loving father. Um, So that's the the second big thing that Jesus um, would paint for us as we get a worldview um, from his perspective. The third thing that Jesus does to paint a worldview from his perspective is he tells us not only is God in absolute control over all things, but God has also allowed evil to exist in his world. Uh, It's come through humans and the way things that we have done with God, but he has allowed evil to exist in a couple of forms. He's allowed evil to exist in the form of the evil that humans do to one another and do to God. But he's also allowed evil to exist in this world in the form of a monster, for lack of a better word. A personal evil. Not a force, not like Star Wars, you know, there's the good side of the force and the bad side and they balance out. The Bible doesn't really speak like that because good and evil are to do with persons and how they treat other people, how they... Uh, their morality and so the Bible paints a picture of an evil spiritual being a personality and he's given names in the Bible like destroyer father of lies prince of this world the tempter the evil one the god of this age Beelzebub deceiver and a couple that we're more familiar with the devil which means the accuser and Satan which means the enemy. And so you can see even in the names that the Bible gives this personal evil that is in the world, uh, it paints a picture of what that personal evil is like. And under that evil, the devil, there are demonic forces, evil spirits, um, demons. Um, But there are also in our world angelic forces. Um, But it's not a battle between good and evil, angels and demons. There's quite a lot of movies like that and usually humans have to get on the side of the angels and help a little bit so that the demons can get... No, it's not, it's not that going on at all. There's no question about who is in control of this world. The picture that Jesus paints is of a world where God is in absolute control. 
And he has permitted evil to be part of his world. He has permitted Satan to be part of this world. And he only allows demons and Satan to do as much as he permits. He is the one in absolute control. And so there's no worry that in the end, Satan is going to win. Now, let me tell you three important things that Jesus says about the devil. I'm going to come back to the fourth big thing that Jesus tells us about his worldview. But firstly, let me just tell you three things about the devil. Uh, The first thing is this. Jesus calls him a murderer. The devil is out to damage and harm human beings. Now, straight away, my mind goes to things like, um, do you know that Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil, where the devil in the song pops up right throughout human history where the Blitzkrieg raids are taking place. He's a general riding along with it. When Jesus Christ is denied, he's there making sure that Pilate does it. He's, uh, and so you, get the, you couldn't get this picture, can get this picture of the devil is a murderer trying to physically murder people in this world, cause disaster and mayhem, and, and perhaps he is. But there's a big thing that the devil is about, and the sort of murder that he's about is causing people to die forever. He wants to cause people to have a death after death, a life away from God or a death away from God. That's his big concern and purpose. second thing that Jesus says about him gels with this, Jesus calls him the father of lies. The primary way that Satan seeks to bring harm to human beings is by lying to them. And his lies centre around God and who God is. He's constantly trying to show that God is not trustworthy. You can't believe him. In fact, why even believe him at all? It's a figment of people's imagination. Or his ways are not best, don't believe that. Jesus, you couldn't believe in that. Resurrection, that's a fair... All those sort of things. Um, Jesus paints a picture of a personal evil who is out to harm human beings. And the way that he harms human beings is he's trying to stop them trusting the God in whom there is life. And when you're away from the God in whom there is life, there is only death, a death beyond death. And the third and final thing I want to say about Satan is, in this way, he's trying to gain followers. Now, I don't mean Satanists. Uh, He's not trying to get people who cut up goats and dogs and do satanic rituals. What he's trying to do is lie to people in such a way that they believe the lie and walk away from the truth of God or don't look into the truth of God and so become actually his followers, slaves of his, unwittingly, unknowingly, totally unaware. But as you walk away from the truth of God that brings life, you walk into the devil's lies, which actually brings slavery and takes you away from life. And so when we start to ask questions about, are there monsters in the world? I think it's highly unlikely that there's vampires. Uh, But... The picture that Jesus paints there is a Satan, there is a real personal evil, there really are demons, uh, these monsters that inhabit the supernatural world. Uh, Magic, mediums, oh, I reckon a whole bunch of the magic and the mediums and stuff you see out there is um, great tricks, uh, mind stuff that people do with other people. But do we have any reason to not believe that behind some of it, there is some sort of power, there is some sort of force, there is some sort of perhaps demonic activity. But the big thing behind all this is Jesus trying to tell us Satan's doing just things that seem ordinary. 
So he's not turning up as a vampire trying to kill you. We don't need axes to chop his head off. All he's doing is just lying. He's trying to get people to believe the lies about God uh, day after day. Now this brings me to the fourth and final thing I want to say about Jesus' view of the world, uh, which I uh, hold to be true. The fourth thing is this. Jesus came into the world to free us from our fear of Satan and free us from slavery to Satan and evil powers. Now, if you live in a culture that doesn't believe Satan and doesn't believe in evil powers, then that might not be that exciting. In other cultures where they live in constant fear um, of, of um, evil spirits, then this is a very, very exciting thing. But it should be for all of us if we truly grasp it. Jesus came and he said, the truth sets you free. And it's not just any truth, but it's actually the truth about who he is and who God is. Jesus come to bring a truth that actually frees you from the lies of Satan and connects you to God brings you into true freedom and true life. And he has made the way possible by actually coming and becoming a human like us and dying a death on our behalf and rising from dead the dead on our behalf. So if we trust him, we can follow that path too. When we die, we will rise again and live with him eternally. And in doing that, he defeats Satan. He defeats the spiritual powers and so for those who trust Jesus, believe the truth about Jesus, there's nothing to fear in this realm. In fact, we don't need to pay too much attention to it um, at all in particular. Um, so the Christian now doesn't worry about Satan and demons and things like that. We don't need to think about those sort of things too much. Jesus won the battle. They focus on Jesus. And so a healthy church doesn't focus on Satan and demons and exorcisms and that sort of thing too much they just focus on jesus the one who has come to win life and bring the truth that actually sets people free from the lies of satan and brings them into connection with god so can you see how while it could be very scary to think that this actually exists out there in another way it's just in the very ordinary it's just in how you respond to god's words how you respond to jesus words and the truth that he sets before you and what Satan is seeking to do is tell lies and keep people away from those truths. Um, I could say so much more on this topic. Uh, I could delve into heaps of different areas. And uh, perhaps there's areas that you'd really like questions answered. And I'll have a shot. But I, I might not be able to do a very good job, but I'll give it a go. But hopefully it's got you thinking. And um, I'd love you to, to uh, think a bit more and investigate. Um, think about that big question. Why do you believe what you believe? about this, this area of life, but all the big areas of life. Um, how do you know what you actually believe is, is truly true? Who have you chosen to believe? And would you give Jesus a try and see if he is worth listening to? Has what you've heard today gelled together in your mind that you think that is a consistent view of the world? I, I think I'd like to investigate that further. I'll hand over to Kirsten. Well, thank you, Graham. Really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, it is an important issue, and um, you might be someone who has heard about God, heard about Jesus, and you just don't know. Um, like Graham said, there's no harm in just investigating and having a look and to see what it's all about, because if what Graham says is true, you have a lot to lose. And so it's really important that you do investigate this. Um, one way you could start is, this is a book I think you recommended, didn't yeah, you, Graeme? It's called Living with the Underworld. 
and it's by Peter Bolt. Um, that's available in the books cor bookshop corner down there, um, which speaks a little bit about um, what Graham talked about. But um, maybe someone brought you along today who um, comes here regularly or um, you don't know anyone, but there are people around. You could even grab Graham um, or myself and um, we're happy to have a talk to you and um, point you in the direction you need to go to just investigate these questions um, in more depth because it is very, very important. Um, life goes so quickly and in 50 years from now, none of us will be here. Well, some of us may, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I won't be. <laughs> if I do, I don't think I'll know I'm here. But... Um... <laughs>